0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another podcast on the Longside channel. First things first, thank you all so much for the love and support. I think it's been about over a week since our last one. It's been um, quite hectic in my personal life. As you guys know, this is like, like, like a side thing of mine. So if you are not aware of my main channel, um, Vizzer, which is my main YouTube I do, uh, football investigations and your video essays in the world of in the world of football and also some little bits on Burnley from time to time. Then feel free and also subscribe to me over there wherever you're listening on YouTube. Please feel free and drop a like and subscribe too. And if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give it a follow. You guys have been really supportive of the podcast, and I believe on Spotify, I think we have a hundred minimum followers over there which is great um i know that my voice may not be the most radio but um i try i try honestly um but of course i'm not too alone we've got the boy himself sam from the class roundup who is a i, I don't say a regular because i like to get a good variety of variety people on but I, I like your company um how are you doing my friend
1: i'm not bad mate i'm not bad are you
0: oh i'm doing fantastic um it's uh, another free Points and three goals. It's a quite a, a recurring theme with Burnley in the last couple of days. I was gonna say a big three nil win, but that's I think I wanna say the ninth three-nil win we've had this year yeah, by that a sat scoreline. It's it's very common by the club this year. When you went into the game on Saturday against working did you have any concerns? Um
1: a, a little bit after, after after the Blackpool game. Obviously, we went into the Blackpool game very confident, and um, and but they are the worst side in the division by a fair mile, like at the moment. So not not necessarily, but just a, a couple of reservations because of how the Blackpool game panned out. So, um, but no, great result, good performance again. Everybody got ticking straight away, and we just looked a million miles ahead of them. So. Good three points, good three-no win. Brilliant again. About as
0: routine as you can get, really, when it comes to going to a game that you just expect to win at a three points. Mm. And there was a few shakes. And I do want to give a big shout out here to the big man himself, our Murich. Throughout several points this year, he's had a few fingers pointed towards his direction. But yesterday, not yesterday, Saturday, he had quite a lot to say for himself with two big saves, like really big. I would like to think that even if they went in, let's say at least one, we would still come back and win a game three-one anyway. You'd like to think, but moments like that gives us a nice reminder that he's not just pretty on his feet, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the main things that's obviously been talked about with him is obviously like the commanding of his box. And obviously then, like I've said before, on previous podcasts, a lot of people look back on situations where he's not been... Amazing in the past, like obviously not in Forest days. People still look back on those and don't think, you know, and still think he's the same Murich. And I saw he played
0: like four times for Forest. Like, gonna this- tell, I, I,
1: the only thing, the only thing that I remember, like one of the main ones, I, he played somewhere I can't remember the exact. It was West Brom at home.
0: I know which game you on about. Yeah, he didn't
1: do very well. But then again, he went over to the Netherlands as well and. I remember a lot of Dutch fans, when we signed him, were like, oh, he's going to be terrible. He's, he's, he's so poor. I can't remember who. I think it was like Willem or a team like that. And But this season, he's really come into his own. I think he's a 23-year-old goalkeeper now. I think he's got bags, bags of potential as a goalkeeper. I think the shot-stopping's got better over the season. His decision-making's got better over the season. And his amazing ability with his feet, I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, we've got a goalkeeper that plays like a central midfielder it's disgraceful
0: and at times he plays in that position on the pitch yeah. <laughs> too, which is even more interesting to see and there's some good stats as well coming out of the game against Wigan of course you expected to win but the way that we did it again was just dominate dom- domination at the the highest order um 79% possession I think that is our highest or maybe joint highest Possession for an entire game or year. Alongside that, 27 shots all game. Again, I think that is that most shots about all game in a ninety-minute game as well, and most passes, 701 passes. Which I think, I know it's an entirely different team, entirely different system, but I think I looked back on our Premier League years. So I looked back in the 17 18 year, which we came in seventh, right? It was a good team, and I think the most passes made back then was like 380 there's something so like we've almost doubled the most passes we had which i know it's different system different league worst league i get it right but it's just we can enjoy that just because we we lived through that experiences of being a more direct long ball team and seeing a a completely different club in front of our very known eyes and also one final thing which i really found quite interesting is connor roberts who scored.com put out a tweet saying that connor roberts made 56 successful passes in the final third um which is mad 56 in the passes for usually most players get like 10 15 maybe even 20s low 20s he's got 56 in the final third like it's nuts you know and i love um robert sees quite a little shit house on twitter with a court tweet with the i think it's on pointless with the meme of the woman just saying pass 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 and like i love it so Make sure to go and follow um, Conor Roberts on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Um, to go and just keep up to date with his memes. It's quite great. But as dominant as you can get, let's look at some players as well from the game against Wigan. Nathan Teller, a brace of him. Another two goals. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. He's like five foot eight, but got two headers. Are you surprised to see how well he's done in our system this year? Like, did you expect this when we signed him at
1: the start of the year? I'm I'm going to be completely honest here. No, I I, I I I'm I'm not surprised at the level that we've got from him. I'm surprised at the 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 attacking prowess that he has. Like I I I expected somebody who was going to be right up in your face. He's a very very quick player, very quick. But I think one of the things that goes most and obviously he scores goals. Um, and he his ability in front of goal is something that even I am surprised about. But the th- the thing that doesn't get talked about in our system that is absolutely ridiculous from him is how fast he gets in a centre half space. How quickly, like one minute he's at the halfway line, the next minute bang he's there, and a defender has a split second to make to, to make a react reacting tackle. And he proved that twice. Gets in behind, breaks the lines, uses his pace. They get a red card. Twenty-eight minutes since the game. Game's already done after the twenty-eighth minute because there's no way a ten-man Wigan can beat us. How well we're playing the season. That's not even arrogance. That that's literally there's there's been teams eleven men that could have put another eleven men against us and they still wouldn't have beat us. So ten men bottom <laughs> of the table. There's no there's there's no way they're gonna beat us. So. Nathan Teller deserves all the credit this season, all the accolades. He's been absolutely unreal. And I hope he stays. I hope he signs.
0: Yeah, that's the question on everyone's lips right now. You know, sign the Tink. Sign the contract. Sign the deal. I mean, if you're Nathan Teller right now, I mean... Why? Why? Why would he want to go back to Southampton right now? He, he you know. loves
1: Burnley. He, I'm telling you now, right? He goes to bed and wishes that he was playing for us. He sleeps Burnley.
0: in Burnley FC bed sheets and duvet and pillow he covers and it. everything.
1: He absolutely loves us. He's got Bertie B like plush teddies all around his bedroom. He's got Bella B. He's got everything. He loves it. He loves it.
0: Wakes up every morning to f- times like these by Foo Fighters. Yeah, he's got that in yeah. his daily yeah, little routine. Yeah,
1: you just need it now, don't you?
0: I, I, I of you know, not on the right topic, but I do kind of miss um, times like these being on the, the you know, before the game, pre game on the little telecom thing. I do miss that. That's not oh, there anymore that much, is it?
1: Me and dad put it on on the way over anyway, so it's fine. I get my fix, so I'm all right.
0: Yeah, I, I do that for each like big game for Burnley. So, like earlier this, this season, you know, Bastards at Home, mm. I think I, I planted that on a repeat for like the first hour of my day and oh, I was like, shouting, yeah. getting ready, just Gets you right in the mood. Nope. Um, back to the football. One big moment in a game against Wigan. The boy himself, Laya Foster, got that his first good. goal in Burnley colours. You could see what it meant to him. The way that he celebrated. He's a very religious man as well, and he he, he holds he holds it very true to himself. And I love that. By him, I love to see his passion. You, you could see how much it meant to him that in the celebration. And I I think I screamed when he scored because I I feel like that could be so important to just give him that confidence, give, let some people just kind of get that monkey off his back almost. It's like, you know, let it be free. So his shoulders, that hasn't got a weight on himself because people have asked some questions, you know, seeing him against the likes of Fleetwood and, um, in the cup people with, with, with reason, because there are times that maybe he's, his first touch. Isn't as good as what we want it to be in our system. You know, we've seen the likes of Barnes who, we know is not that good of a player beforehand. And now he's turned really good with time, of course, but you know, we're comparing him to Barnes, right? And you think, oh, if Barnes can do it, then you should do it, right? So I think he's had that kind of planted on him. But what do you think about Laya Foster um, and his performance and kind of what he can do to learn from Wigan and Kick-On?
1: Um, getting that all-important first goal, especially especially for a striker is, is huge. Like it's, you know, it's, for every other position on the pitch, you've got different things that you could be quite good at. You know, obviously, you know, we've got Jay, who for me, I would say is arguably better for his ability to take the ball down and spray it left and right, rather than the nine, ten goals that he's got this season. With Wild Foster, his ability isn't there with that. His ability is, he's good hold up back to goal, but his first touch isn't there totally he's not the kind of striker who's going to take the ball and carry the ball but getting that first goal is huge and if he can, if he can kick on and 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 continue to um continue scoring goals it'll be absolutely insane and I, and I was absolutely chuffed to bits for him like you say his celebration showed just how much it meant to him getting that goal um rightfully deserved it because he has had his he has had his critics me being one of them I, I, like i've said before it, with regards to players we've had in the past we've had players like like danny Ings, who you almost couldn't fault because of the things that he could do off the ball then when you look back on players like andre gray yes he scored goals but when you rank him in in order with all the strikers we had over that period like charlie austin for me andre gray ranks at the bottom because of things like he couldn't affect the game himself lyle foster for me obviously it's too early to even start categorizing him into that in that into that kind of level but like, like you say, absolutely chuffed to bits for him. And that goal, I mean, it's not an easy take at all. That's a that's some finish, that goal. Really, really good. So, yeah, chuffed to bits for him.
0: And his weak foot too, as well. Yeah. It really smashed across body. Brilliant. You also spoke with me before the podcast, uh, before we went live, speaking about Michael Obafemi as well. Um, coming on off bench with two goals and an assist as well. He's an assist against Wigan for that Lyall Foster goal where can you i mean he's, he's on lawn technically but we kind of all know that he's signing on us permanently i'm pretty sure that that because when they put out the deal they said basically like the deal would be eventually as a permanent or it, it's as good as permanent which mm-hmm. i think means that i think it's a, it's a clause in the lawn deal that if we get promoted then you'll sign on full time for x i money. i think it's three four mil or something right so eb was next year how, how can you see abafemi because he seems to be coming on as like a wide player, which I don't, you know, that's not his main role. So makes you think, where can you see him
1: being put in our system? Is he just going to be a bench player? Or what do you think? Um, I mean, you know, for me, I'd like to say, um, obviously that bench role fits him quite well now. Um, obviously, when we get promoted, it's, it's one of those situations where you talk about, you know, does he start? is he good enough to be the main man or are we going to dip into that market and look for somebody like a, you know, a Girakesh type player, someone who you can literally see leading the line week in, week out and Obafemi comes on for him. But for me, so impressed with Michael Obafemi, so impressed that, you know, this whole... This whole transfer situation of him obviously not getting a move in the summer and stuff like that, I still feel like Swansea are the losers in the situation because they could have got seven, eight million quid for him in the summer and now they're going to get a lesser fee. Obviously now, you know, he's still in the division that they're in performing how he's performing, how, you know, they could sit there and say, you know, he could have performed like this for us for three, four months, but he didn't because he, you know, dug his heels in whatever he's you know whatever you know attitude problems get a grip he just didn't want to play for your small tin pot club anymore he wanted to play for Burnley that's what he wanted to do like I I, I don't you know I'm obviously I don't like to bash other teams but that, that that situation was clearly a player seeing a better project in in a in a much healthier position with better players around him with better prospects and being told oh no you can't stay there you've got to stay with us and i'd be fuming at that as well so yeah brilliant player thank you very much swansea
0: i guess to play devil's advocate with that is that i guess people say that well if he's that type of person to do that then could he do that to us eventually that's what some people say which you know we had that same kind of debate mm-hmm. with um talking you know, because yeah. he did similar things, was at Brentford, and I'm pretty sure that he refused to, to train with them, I believe, or refused mm-hmm. to, he, along the lines of that. And then he came to us. Of course, how it ended with talking was very much different that we all kind of knew about 80 months prior that. Look, I think, you know, he was always going to go on a contract. I think we had an offer about West Ham for, I want to say, 30 mil, 35. but I, I need to double check, but I think it was West Ham that offered like 30 mil for talking. Mm-hmm. We said no because him being a team to hopefully keep us up would be worth more than yeah. potentially that 30th because, you know, it's harder to replace back
1: then for us. So. That's, that's that club's decision for me. Like, like, like when it happened with us, with have like for us, it was a case of it's impossible to replace him. Really? Like it, it really was. He, he of the two, Ben, me was an unbelievable leader. But James Tarkovsky was easily one of the best centre-backs we've ever had at the club. He was incredible. His ability to block the ball, it was like, it was laser-beaming top bins. And some part of his body just hits the ball and it just deflects out for a corner. He, he he was incredible. In this situation, obviously, you can eat humble pie if he turns around and does it to us. And you'd say, all right, fair enough. But it's not, you know, it's not. It's like, I'm not going to lose sleep over being wrong about Michael Oberfame not, in two, three years' time. How dare you? <laughs> no, but what I mean is, like, because <laughs> we're, we're, we're a substantial football club who, if we are in the Premier League, have the ability to say, OK, your attitude stinks. Get yourself to a different club and we'll bring in somebody else. That's how football, in a way, kind of worked. In the situation with Michael Oberfemi, it, it, it came across very much like attitude problems, this and that and this. And I just think to myself, like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, he just... He played there for like how many years? Two years. He just wanted to move on, and we were a great fit for him at the time. And he didn't get the move. And then six months later, or three, four months later, he just says, "I'm still really on to play for Burnley," and he gets his move. And he's playing how people expected, brilliantly. Yeah, he's a good player.
0: I mean, we are a very, very appealing football club, and potential investors as well, very appealing. And we will get into that very soon. However, you are on the topic, of, you are on the topic of centre backs. Got Callum May, who's a coventry city fan saying <laughs> i love the <laughs> the name here um m uh, so, sorry mac Naldini. so luke mcnally over at cov doing very good for them over there coventry fans are really big fans of him and it's crazy to think that because he's like our fifth or sixth choice center back right and our fifth or sixth choice is playing for a mid table upper mid table championship side and they think that he's maldini like his, his nickname for them as given here by a Cobb fan, is literally McNaldini. It's incredible, right? So to, to see us go from the situation of losing Nathan Collins, Ben Mee, James Tarkovsky, and us missing those three players and then ending up in a situation that we are now that we've got five different choices that are all pretty good or immense at our level is just incredible recruitment, to, to, to say the very least. Um, and to you, Callum, if we can sort out some sort of deal that we can give you luke mcnally sure happily play us up, bro give us a giocarez pal yes, we'll we, we give you mcnally and a kit kat chunky okay I'll, I'll go all out for you and you can give us giocarez and it'd be a happy deal both ways my friend um Saif also mentions about one of the main topics of this pod news coming out yesterday and we might as well go into it now as we've recapped the the wigging game about the the club statement which um uh, were not published online on social media which um i think was done on purpose because that the way that i see it it's kind of a nothing enough mm-hmm. it's kind of like a n- non-story really yeah. it's um i presume that most of you who are listening are already very very well aware of it may not know the, the exact details so we'll go through it here just quickly so Burnley put out a, a statement, a club statement, on the official website, stating that we have been placed under a transfer transfer embargo by the EFL, and they were transparent in giving the reasons of this. And usually, when you hear the word transfer embargo, you relate it immediately to our oh, financial, you know, financial doping or you know something along the lines of finances, and they're doing something where they're spending too much money, right? It's not that at all for us as they stated, and you know, we have to believe the club, they can't lie to us. If they lie to us in a situation, then, you know, good luck trying to resolve that. I don't think they're lying. They got no reason to. Stating that in their own words, that they made a decision in November to change their auditors, our club auditors, and the transition has taken longer than we anticipated, and that they can confirm that they provided all draft accounts and financial information to the EFL, and continue to have a regular dialogue and simply stating that they believe that this will be resolved in a, a matter of weeks, a matter of, you know, before the end of the year, even if we are, if it takes longer, because this is all legal speak, right? So the club has no say in how fast it is. It's all done by the books. So, and maybe in English football, Maybe things may take a bit longer than what you really need because that's just how football is sometimes, right? So EFL, under the books, they've got to give us an embargo because I believe that we just simply are not able to publish or show them papers on time. So they have to do it by the books. But yeah, I, I don't really care about it really. Um, like I, I kind of just read it and thought, oh no. Anyway, you know, like just move on. Um, what's your take on it?
1: When I when I heard it, when you when you see the headline, you think, oh shit. Like you think uh, this this is honestly like you obviously we all know we made 70 million quid in the summer, but even for Burnley fans, like we also have to have a level of like appreciation for how much Alan Pace has backed Vincent Company. Even to the point where when you see the headline, you think, no, this isn't like Benson's transfer or something, is it? This isn't like Lyle Foster's seven million stretching to 10 mil transfer something's gone wrong soon as you read it it's it's a rightfully so it's a rookie mistake and should not happen by any stretch at all um but when you do read it yeah it's it's a non-story really it's not something to worry about the only thing like you've said there like you know it says in a matter of weeks they hope to have it done things take longer sometimes I don't want it to stretch into June. I don't want other clubs having the pick of of Jordan Bayer. I don't want other clubs having. I the don't pick.
0: think it matters if it's an EFL embargo. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know how long an EFL embargo. When do we classify as a Premier League club?
1: Like well, is it, is it a June I don't, maybe? I'm because I don't know the ins and outs of that type of thing. I don't know if because I mean if logic was involved, you'd almost say. If a club has an embargo with the EFL, well, no, actually, because now, now I'm thinking about it, you could say that either side, either way, would make sense, really, wouldn't it? If you've got an embargo in the EFL and it lasts a certain amount of time, and you go into the Premier League, it should still happen. But technically, they're a separate company run by totally different people, so when you do move up, surely, surely that. Right, would and that's the
0: fault. That's yeah. Like, say even if it I, does I continue you be, on, so then I'm pretty sure yeah. it won't um uh, matter in our situation either either way i doubt it will even get to that stage as I it's hope not,
1: yeah.
0: it's I not hope. like a financial situation that we've spent too much money or anything's been dodgy it's simply that yeah we have changed our auditors by what the club has said um in our continued efforts to improve and move forward burnley football club because a lot has changed at our club financially Mm -hmm. and as we've seen over the weekend investment seems to be a very appealing thing burnley are a very appealing football club for many people especially over in america to if they want to invest in football over in england Burnley is the place to invest in right now because we have so, we've got such a high ceiling. We don't just we don't just play attractive football, so fans will want to watch us. We've not just got a goddamn Premier League Hall of Famer as our manager as well, but we have still you know we've we have guaranteed a Premier League, so they can buy in early now, and then they can see the likes of Fulham, see the likes of Brentford, see the likes of Brighton, and think, okay, you can do that, okay. Alan Pace are go and sell them a dream almost, and they will show them a proof of what we've done and the progress we have made. And we've got JJ Watts, who's a NFL legend, I believe. I, I don't know too much about NFL, but there's been multiple American uh, you know, stars in NBA and NFL who have invested in club. I think back in 20, 2021, we had an NBA investor. When I get his full name here, um, let's have a little look here. It's a man... That is called Malcolm Jenkins, um, who is a minority investor in the club. So he's got a minority, st- a minority stake in the club, which, I mean, that's what you want, right? I mean, the main reason why we didn't kick on and improve in, in the Premier League when we had that when he came 7th and we got into Europe, is that we simply did not have the investment because mm. who's going to invest in Burnley when we... Always kind of looked like we were always up against the odds. You know what I mean? There were so many more attractive clubs to invest in compared to us, and we are in a different boat right now, it seems. So, what do you uh, typically just how do you how do you feel the news of these potential investors come to Burnley?
1: Oh, uh, JJ Watt putting a putting a putting a tweet out about having a Benny and hot. Is, yeah, I that. it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm honestly like, I've, 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 I've only recently started following the NFL, and um, I kind of start. I got into it properly this season. JJ, Watt's huge in America? Like, he's one of the he's one of the best defensive ends that that the you know the league's seen over the last decade. He's 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 brilliant. He's I think he's just retired. He was at the Atlanta Falcons and he's just retired. To see him taking photos in Burnley is mad in it and and you know it almost feels like we are now part of this never ending jigsaw where things just seem to be coming in and fitting for us and i I can't thank alan pay obviously this situation with the transfer embargo is it is a non-starter but it is still very rookie um from the club to have been put in this situation but you can't thank Alan Pace enough for what he's done. He he has re, revitalised the club that, for a long time, us Burnley fans may have thought: "Where's the direction? Where are we going? Where, when are we going to look overseas? When are we going to when are we going to dip into the European market? When are we going to join in with the twenty million pound transfer fees? When are we going to see us pay seventy million pound? When are we going to see us, you know, have an attractive?" style of play, when are we going to see all these really positive changes and, you know, in the last six months I've seen one of the best footballing turnarounds of as as by opinion, like we went from a club that played hoofball, nobody wanted to watch you, you, could, you could name the same starting 11 every week, as bench was crap every single week, you'd have 15 right-backs, seven goalkeepers, and... Two, 18
0: like, youth kids. You yeah. Know, and, like, and,
1: and then this matt Vidra, because he's always yeah, on the bench. Who, who, for some reason, seemed to get like four minutes every game. Like, regardless of who we were playing and how, if we needed a goal, four minutes every game. Now, we've got Anna Sareri, Manuel Benson, Michael Obafemi. We've got four striking options. We've got a Rolls-Royce defenders. We've got a fullback who is incredible at getting forward. The other one creating chances left, right and centre. A goalkeeper taking the piss. A midfield general in Josh Cullen. Brownell, obviously I know he's got injured now, but, you know, Brownell playing some of the best football of his career. Uh, and this is all testament to Alan Pace not digging his heels in and thinking, ah! Oh, I've backed the wrong Premier League team here. He's thought, I've got a project. I want a manager that fits it. I want I want to revitalise the stadium. I want the fans to be excited. I want the fans to be happy to come to the turf, happy to buy away. We sell tickets left, right and centre. We sell out for everything. We've sold out for, for City in the quarterfinal. This is one of the best positions the club has been in for a long time. I'm drinking it in week in, week out. You said city as well we sold
0: 7802 tickets for city away which of course it's it's local enough it's like an hour drive mm-hmm. and it's man it's an fa cup cut a final but we've been battered five nil so many times that I, I wouldn't even go i think i'm bad luck I, i'm not going mainly because i'm going to england quite a lot in april so i, don't, I feel like it'd be unfair my missus if i keep going but also, I've gone there, I think, three times, mm-hmm. seen us lose 5-0. That I think I'm the problem. So I'm just not going to bother. And hopefully, mm-hmm. me not going can bring some good luck. But also, <laughs> in terms of sellouts, Cardiff away. It's just all, it's Card- it's Cardiff at home, last day of the year. It's happening in two months' time. It's already sold out because <laughs> we already know we're going to win the league. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone wants a ticket to make sure we, that we, we're there when we win the title and lift it in front of our home fans. It's already sold out. You know, I mm-hmm. think. I saw someone do a tweet about it like last week, and I I was like, shit, okay. And I I went on a a rush and I bought a ticket just in case. I think I've already got one, but I bought one, and again, just in case, Uh, just Mm -hmm. to make sure that I've got one in. Um, It's just immense to support this year. Sellouts for Wigan and Huddersfield at home. You know, even if you're doing well, I don't think we did that in the championship back in 1516. In 1516, I think we sold out Borough at home. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think it was the second the second or third of last home game of the year. Of course, Bastards, of course. I, I think, other than that, that's all we sold out in that year, you know, at home anyway. So the attractive football speaks for itself. And yeah, in terms of the transfer embargo, again, as I said earlier, I think it's a non-starter, don't worry it's about cool it. Worry. Uh, it does kind of annoy me when I see some like you know, big accounts or just kind of just generic football accounts say transfer and bottle, boom, and don't mm-hmm. give any context whatsoever. So people are like, oh Burnley doing something dodgy, buying a league, and it's like we, we changed it's auditors. It's it's
1: a couple of bits of paper haven't been signed off by twelve o'clock on a certain day, and this has happened, like like you say, these big accounts just make obviously they have to make a story i'm not going to sit here and like you know be like oh god they're horrible like they they have to make a story but like at least give the context like it's there's not like don't worry if you're a burning fan and you've come over and you are listening to this and you are thinking oh what just don't worry we are also not in a position me liam or anybody we don't know anything that goes on with the running of a football club or how the logistics work, we're going off of the transparency of the club, which again is amazing. Mike Garlick, I don't think he said a word to the fans for years. At least our our owner now is saying, listen, this has happened. We want to tell you why. We want to tell you not to worry. So you can sleep easy at night as a Burnley fan and carry on enjoying HMS Pistol League. HMS
0: Pistol League. Just enjoy it. Absolutely glorious. Um, I know that we were talking earlier about the previous years and kind of what we went through, but I just need to remind you guys, 2021, our transfer arrivals was Dale Stevens for 1.1 1. 1 million euro and well Norris for a question mark underscore sum, which probably was like 400 grand. And that was it. We had it bad. And we still stayed up that year. We still <laughs> stayed up that year, which is crazy. And Saif Gaming in chat says a question was, I think, and um, thanks for reminding me. I want to say this, but I, w- I want to speak about this earlier because Burnley put out a tweet, I think yesterday, speaking about lawn watch. and he spoke about the likes of, I think Phillips is away on lawn right now. Um D- 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 Costa Law, Bobby Thomas, and he spoke about, you know, our lawn players, how Costa Law's doing, how Bobby Thomas is doing, right? They always leave out Valtvergost, who you thought, if you've got a lawn player playing in and- Scoring a goal for Manchester United. You're going to talk about it, but we just don't seem to mention him whatsoever, right? So that's interesting. The Valverde goes a dilemma, I guess you could say. Next year, we're probably thinking of maybe being a striker just to add more depth, some more quality. Have we already got our a striker for next year as well, or can you just not see it work out?
1: Oh, um.
0: simple answer is no by the way yeah there's no way like the man is fueled by ego i think we've all seen that We all know that Mm -hmm. i cannot see him go from not only basitas but to go to for manchester united and then Mm -hmm. drop down to burnley which you know i know that we all love burnley and we're a big club in our eyes but come on it's manchester united let's not take the best here right so
1: that's the thing
0: I think it's going to hurt him yeah. mentally to take that step down. And I think it sounds really petty, but I think even dumb things like Instagram likes, he's going to go from having 300, 200,000 likes per post to going in and getting like 20. I, I, that sounds yeah. really dumb, but in this modern era, I genuinely think that that matters to him like that much.
1: I, I think my, my opinion on it has changed a lot over the season. When he was at Bajiktas, honestly, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd take him back. He played in a system that starved a striker of opportunities in a football in a football match. So you know, also you know, he's not unbelievable in the air. But if you're not going to give him, a, if you're not going to give him an opportunity to to even challenge or you know or have a have a chance on goal, you you are going to sit there and think, bleed. You know why why would I like you know why would I come back? Then you have the situation where he starts doing okay for the test He start to think, okay. In my opinion, Beşiktaş aren't exactly levels above us when it comes to terms. You, you know, talking football terms, I'd like to think the Yeah, I was gonna say
0: Beşiktaş like, is like it's like gods in like Turkey, though. Like it's just it's different in that world, though. But you know that, what I mean?
1: Yeah, but that's in Turkey. Like that's like that's like us saying like we're we think that we're one of the biggest clubs in the championship because we're in the championship. Like, if, yeah, but that's in, not when, best clubs in the country, though, is it? No, it isn't, but like when when it comes when it comes to Bajiktas, it's like I, I, and again, everybody has a has a big club in their country. And signing for Bajiktas, again, at the time was a big thing, and obviously the European powerhouse and stuff like that. we've had a, we've had a lot of recent success in the last decade where we've you know been a Premier League club, and we've had a lot of exposure to a lot of um like you know American fans, things like that. Obviously, I'm not trying to say that we're bigger than Bajiktas, but I, I what I mean is the bridge between Bajiktas and us is considerably smaller than the bridge between Manchester United and Burnley. And the thing that I want to say on the Man United situation is, Veghorst at Bijiktas are taking back. He's a good player. There is a player in there. You can see why Eric Ten Hag plays him every week. He works his ass off in every game. He's been very unlucky in front of goal not to have a couple more goals and he does. All you need to do is look at how much it means for him to score for Man United to realise that he's not coming back to Burnley because the, the emotion on his face scoring in front of the Stretford end at Man United, out Old Trafford, in a Europa League game, like you said, to come back for us would be a little bit like of a, a crash back to reality type thing. I'd I yeah, be surprised. I, I, mean. I think he stays at United. And I, and I also think the noughts, not the noughts, sorry, but the, the price goes up. I think we get back the money that we paid for him, It should they want to keep him permanently. But having that exposure at Man United as well, also a lot of people will look at him and say, oh, he's not done awful. Uh, we could pay 13 million quid and bring Austin to us. So yeah, I think it works for both parties personally, him leaving.
0: Yeah, I like to think that because of him being being a United, hopefully your teammates see you know him just playing for them and think, okay, 15 mil. We I think we spent 12.5 on him. Sure. We get break him bit of a bonus. Yeah. Everyone wins. Again, I need to reiterate this. If he comes back on loan, if company. Rates him If he thinks that Vegas will be down for the team, he'll play for the badge and be part of the team the way that we're used to this year. If company backs him, I'll back him too. I think Vegas is a good player. I just don't know. I think Vegas plays without Vegas and he plays for himself and not the club. That's just the way that I see him. But he's a great player in my mind. Even though he's got some strange, like, sickness to winning a Borneo, which I've never seen from a player who's like six foot seven, but other than that, he
1: just doesn't come off of the floor.
0: Yeah, it's like there's too much. He's got like, like, like I don't know, like stones attached to his ankles. Mm. That he just can't jump up in here. It's quite crazy. Yeah, literally. Speaking as well, Saif again said, "Would you take Maxwell Cornet back next year?" I've seen a few tweets about this. I think Jacob Horsfall, um, Horsfall actually spoke about this thinking, you know, would we take Corne back next year? And I'm thinking like, is it that, is it that, is it that, you know, that, that dilemma of, you know, never take back an Nets? Is it that kind of situation of, you know, he left us, you know, and we all, we all, we understood he was never going to play in championship. He didn't, he didn't deserve to, right? We all loved it. We knew what the club meant to him, but his injury problems this year. I think he's just started a game, Well, he got subbed on last week and he's not played a game since I believe late October. Right. So mm. yeah, with that is a problem. Can I see him in this system? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it feels hard to compare because we play a different style of football. If we gave Corne the freedom as what we give Anna Saruri, would he do better? I don't know. Like, it's tough. Like who's better, Maxwell, Corney or Anasorori as a left-wing role? I've I mean, I think dribbling wise, pace wise, as being a winger, I think it's Anasorori. But I think Cornet may have a bit more kind of defensive resilience, a bit more work rate, maybe. But I don't know. I'd I'd be do- i be open for it if he did bring back Corne. But I just kind of feel like the injury problems with him, I think, was kind of
1: making a non-starter, really. I I think with regards to, to Corney coming back, I think Kornay looked good in a system starved of quality and he was like a bright spark in that. And I'm not saying that he, he wouldn't come into this situation and maybe get better because the system would work towards his strengths, his pace, his ability to carry the ball. But for me, we've fallen on our feet with replacements with regards to Manuel Benson, Anna Sareri, you know, Churlinov after his game against Fleetwood, Scott Twine being able to be interchangeable along, you know, across the kind of front three, four even. I think Arari gives you a lot more. It's it's hard to judge players based because of divisions, because when you're playing, you know, Cornet did great in the Premier League, but I also did feel that there was more, To come from corner in a better system obviously then like you say he's had the injury problems at West Ham and we still haven't been able to see that and obviously West Ham also aren't exactly playing great at the moment Um, but I I think it's one of them situations where you you just say thank you very much for being there at that moment because it almost felt like uh, the start of the Alan Pace era we brought in a player from Lyon we paid 15 million pounds for him and it felt like a this is where the club's going. And it is, and it's been proven. Yeah. We've bought Benson and here we are with arguably better players that fit the system. Inverted wingers, people that like to carry the ball, cut inside or go on the outside. Don't care whether they score or assist as long as they're involved. And I like play. I, I love players like that. And that's why I've I, I, every Burnley fan has taken to those two. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone would
0: take that corner. I think, with, by, by their heart, but yeah. by thinking, where would he be in the system? I think we've got so much love for mm-hmm. Zerui and Benson and even Teller that you're thinking, I don't know, where, where would he play as a 10? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's tough. And maybe, I guess, it's the comparison of, oh, well, Zerui we be this good in Premier League. I personally think he will. Yeah. I personally think 100%. that Benson, the, his dribbling ability to take a man on is incredible. And I mm-hmm. think that he can still carry that over in Prem, you know, with maybe yeah. a bit of a development period, but I still think these players can get better.
1: Um, It'll take time, just like it took time this season. It'll, it'll take time for a lot of the players to bed themselves into the Premier League. But I, I really, really, really think that because it's to do with the style of player that we've bought. We've not gone and bought, like, you know, like Gunmanson, who's very technical. He, you know, he can bring the ball down and he can pick yeah. a pass, but he's not very fast. With Benson and Zeruri, it's almost like a fallback option that, like, oh, I I'm not getting round him by turning. I'm not doing well with the ball inside. I'm not doing well with the one, two. Sod it! I'll just, I'll just bomb it down the wing and and use my pace to get round him. And, and I think we've fallen massively on our feet with them too because they are incredible.
0: Aye, and the depth is also fantastic. So again, mm-hmm. the other weekend, you know, Vitinho being played as a right wing role does mm-hmm. a great job, great energy, and that's what we need him for. And it's just come leaps and bounds yet again. And we've got a game on Wednesday night against Hull away in two days time let's get into the preview for this one Hull on paper you think okay we can take these on but they've actually got a pretty good home record the last mm-hmm. time that they've lost in, in in the league at home was before the World Cup mm-hmm. and they lost to Reading which is a weird one to lose to because yeah. uh, they're quite poor away but yeah the last thing they lost was before the World Cup um, 2-1 at home to Reading and since then they've not they've not lost since so on paper, it looks like it could be another one of those kind of like you looting away, move away, kind of slip-ups. Well, not slip-ups, but, you know, it'd be a tougher game than I think mm. some may think it would be. Um, form-wise, they've only won one in their last um, six, which was a win at home against West Bramish Albion. And I'm going, in, I'm going into this thinking, I'm just hoping that we can just come out of this period before the international break with, you know, another win and we could just completely focus mm. on getting back all of our players who's on the fringes of coming back, like J-Rod, like Benson, like even um, Howard Bellis as well. And now we can use that period to just give them all the time they need, extra time, and then come back at Horbing and someone fresh as fresh as they can be, be on the bench, be in a team. And yeah, if we could come out, if could come out with a win here, I'd be absolutely buzzing because I think that we've passed through this period of a few more injuries, a few more slip-ups. Brown will be taking a knock and he's out of now for a couple of weeks. We've dealt with it really well. We've hadn't. we I think we're seventeen games unbeaten. Am I correct? Or 16? sixteen? Sixteen or seventeen?
1: It's one of I, the two.
0: I think it's sixteen. I think mm. it is, um, which is immense. Again, and hopefully we can go on and beat the the twenty three unde, undefeated as well. that'd be that'd be great to see. So Holloway,
1: mm. what's your thoughts going into it? Um, I've I've gone from the you know that period where we won like nine in a row. I've gone from that we're going to win every game now to every game matters in the situation because I, and it sounds really, really stupid, but I, I was going to say,
0: that matters since like when like, get promoted because
1: I think that's kind of done, pal. I can't well, lie. I, what I mean is I don't want to get complacent myself because if, and it sounds really stupid, like if the feel of everything starts to become complacent, you know, even by the club, like, you know, and then the players on the pitch and stuff like, there is still potential of a slip-up. I know it's, 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 it is very, it's not happening, but there is still potential. I mean, because, and I think the reason why I say it isn't promotion, it's to play this well and not win the title would be devastating. It just would, like, and I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe three or four weeks, five weeks ago, where we were saying if we don't win the title, it's still a success. It is. But to be top of the table since, like, bloody October and not win the we're title. Winning the, we're winning the league, mate. I'm sorry. We are. We are. But I've like you said, so you've got to play, you know, kind of devil's advocate in the situation where you... you I don't, you don't care, play.
0: mate. The odds, the odds speak for itself, <laughs> my guy. I think it's... <laughs> Uh, if I look right now, I think it's ninety nine point six percent likely mm. that we're promoted and ninety nine point one percent that we win the league.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like we need I to say, lose
0: at least five games to be overtook by. We I mean, we need to lose six games to be overtook by Middlesbrough. I mean, we've lost twice all year. And yeah, lose six like times say, the last ten games. It's, it's crazy how years. how good we've
1: been, man. It's nuts. We, we we I I couldn't have I couldn't have wrote this season going how it has done. So you know you have you have to enjoy it, and you have to, you know, we've sat through a lot of difficult times as Burnley fans. We've gone through a lot together watching games. You know, I remember, like you say, going. I remember going to City away in further round FA Cup, and we got them thinking, "Ah, this could be the time we lost five nil. Like you know, these things. I've gone to these games and and dealt with crushing defeats and had great highs watching us beat Liverpool 2-0 at home, beating Tottenham 2-1 at home, you know, winning away at Chelsea 3-2. These amazing moments. This, This game against Hull will be tough because I feel like at home they can dig in, but they're digging in against the best team in the Championship with the best players and the best manager with arguably the best system. And a lot of times I've come into these games where I've thought this could be a tough game. We've done really, really well. So I would like to think the position that Hull are in and the form that they're in. Yes, they're difficult to beat at home. We're difficult to beat in general and we're difficult to get points from in general. So for me, I I see a tough win, but like a 3-1. I
0: would like to put um, a little stat out here uh, for anyone that's into the bookies. That's our last three games against Hull has been 1-1 1-1 and 1-1 and guess when Burnley do draw this year over than I think two times they've all been 1-1 so if you're a betting man i think you know what to bet on <laughs> for, for, for Wednesday night it just seems meant to be like if we if we do draw a game it seems to always be 1-1 one, one. other than I guess Blackpool recently I guess which mm-hmm. we've not even mentioned that game because it, it's just like no no draw not much we really talk on I think that we're just a bit we played I think like so many midweek weekend games mm-hmm. that I think we were a bit knackered when I saw that we had a week break between mm-hmm. Blackpool and Wigan yeah, I was yeah. just like okay thank god just have a bit of a breather and then we got whole and then We'll also go into City as well, preview that. Um, I'm just happy to have a bit of a break now with the international break. I've never been actually quite grateful for internationals because even though we've won the league, as pretty much as far as we're concerned, I want to crack on. I want to end off Mm. on a high. I want to get at least 100 points. If it's 106, amazing, fantastic. But I want to hit at least three digits. That's Mm -hmm. the least that, that I expect from this team, which I think is more than possible, right? So yeah, for this game, for my prediction, I think that it'll be a tough one. And I must say a, I don't know. I want to, I, I want to go with a two nil. I'll go two nil. I will go 2 0 i do not think i will score because I think defensively we're just really good.
1: So I'll go two 0 Yeah. My, my Mine's a three one just because I think Esther Pinyan is, is a clinical striker. Um, I think I, 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 I I know he was a lot better at the start of the season. I feel like he dropped off a little bit in between, but I still think he's got a fair amount of goals. And I think um, they're they're a weird team because they came to the turf and it was a game where, again, I say it all the time, but there was a brief period where we just couldn't seem to get a win. Yeah, And we seem to be playing those teams again and coming back to those games. And like, you know, like when you've played like Liverpool again in the past and like you, you come into the game, and you think, Like, it's start of a new season, you played them twice last season. We beat them 1-0 and then we lost 3-0. You go into it and you think, there's every possibility we can win. When we've played Hull, because there's been so many draws, you almost go into the game and you're like, I have no idea how this could go. Like, we could go and batter them like like we have done a lot of teams this season. Or it could be really, really, really difficult to get a a positive three-point result for us. But I, I just think we are that good. I think that, you know, even before you get into the squad depth and the players you can bring off the bench, like the starting eleven is embarrassingly good. Like, you know, when you've got Zaruri and you've got Teller and you've got all these different areas in which we can score from and different players that can create from different positions. Uh, we are such a hard team to get points against. And I, I, I can just see us just outplaying them.
0: And to compare that team, that played Hall, you know, all, all the way back in August, yeah, you know, we were still starting, you know, Samuel Bastion as a left winger,
1: mm-hmm. you know, yeah,
0: Dava uh, yeah, yeah. Costello was still a starter in the game before that, right? And mm-hmm. he was on the bench. Fatina was our right winger in that game as well. So the team has it's a di- it's a different team, yeah. you know, in terms of not just not just the players, but just how we play mm-hmm. since back then. So yeah, I think that we should be able to get the three points in this game. And before I go to City. A little topic that I've seen a lot online in recent hours is speaking about the allocation for Blackburn away for what's coming up, of course, 25th of April. And apparently some rumors that Blackburn are unwilling to give us the full allocation, which I think is around 6,000, 7,000 for the entire Darwin end, I believe. And they are thinking about giving us just the upper tier. That's like 2,300. That's also limited as well because of... I think it's just pure petulance. I think they just don't want to just give us the full amount because they don't want us to outnumber them or to, I don't know, embarrass them. I don't know. Um, But there's been a lot of feedback and back and forth from the the Lancashire police force with Burnley and Blackburn to get the best outcome because they are quite fearful that if we, let's say, get a limited allocation, Burnley fans will still go to the game anyway yeah. without having a ticket, just yeah, for the yeah. experience, right? So you may have a situation where there'd be Burnley fans outside mm-hmm. Meadwood and they're not go to the game. And where are they going to go? To a pub probably. And mm-hmm. there's going to be some problems for the Lancashire Police Force. So I think it's not been fully confirmed what it allocation would be, but there's a lot of rumours saying that we may get eliminated for just them kind of just being kind of petulant. So mm-hmm. I hope that that does get resolved in the right way very soon.
1: Yeah the just you know without without trying to sound you know just pathetic football club like you know it's just you know, <laughs> i don't want to sound pathetic I, I, I said that i said that and then realized that i was going to sound like it but like just pathetic football club like you know it, whether we whether or not we're doing well or whether or not we've been shit they still hate us regardless so when we were in the premier league and they were in the championship like You know they still hated us. Just give us a full allocation. Don't be weird about it. It's just a, it's just a really weird flex to be like, oh, you're going to win the league, but we're not going to give you allocation. Get a grip, honestly. Just bring people. Just bring, bring people. Allow all the Burnley fans to go to the game. Don't create any issues, and just let everybody be happy. We're going to win the league regardless. We could win it. We can't win it at your ground anymore. I hope. We've won the title before that, so we can lift the trophy. And we don't even celebrate to the Berlin fans, we just show you lot how good we are.
0: I don't think we lifted the trophy there, to be fair. I think no, there's no way. The God of Honor is definitely something that's been spoken of as well about us, apparently it's alan nixon so 50 50 in how accurate yeah. it is but it's still funny to think about the fact that we will be requesting a god of honor if we do win it prior to that game which is more than possible i think we put it in the third last game of the year so yeah. it's very likely so that would be funny because they're never going to do it like they're never yeah. going to give us a god of honor but it's still kind of funny knowing that they could and he's still out of their own i mean i don't Blend, and them we would do the same right if so yeah, I'm imaginary I, unlikely I, I mean, they somehow win a title somehow yeah. ahead of us if they gave us the option to do god of honor we'll say piss off right so i get I, it completely. I,
1: if i if i if i was a burn fan at the game and i saw him giving a guard of honor i'd be devastated it's that like, right? so, I so i get so it right? If, right with the guard of honor right? that's that that side of it totally agree with like you know if you don't want to give us a guard of honor like don't i'm not i'm not bothered like you know you not giving you not giving us a guard of honor don't mean like oh no way. We, we've won the league, but they didn't give us... Like, we've won the league. Like, we've been in the Premier League while you guys are, you know, scraping to get out of championship again. Like, arguably, you, your best striker you've had for decades and all this crap, and you're still a nothing club with a goal difference of zero. Like, I just I hope don't. this
0: doesn't end up on um, Rovers Twitter. <laughs> on, no, but the the, like, like the, yeah, the yeah. thing is, like,
1: because I, I, I don't... I, I don't have... A lot of positive things to say about them, just because I just I just think that, that like when when it comes to the whole rivalry side of things, like I just feel like it, obviously there's a subsection of every football team that I just have uh, bad fans, but I just I have so many bad experiences with Blackburn fans in in general, just in every stretch of life that I just I just oh it's bought life. I mean, as a club, like our our, our rivalries more deep rooted than than a lot of people in English football even realise I,
0: I, I have I do have I, to say that almost every single fan base thinks that their rivalry is the deep yeah, rooted, I, and people don't understand so like I, I spoke to like a, a, a Palace fan and they were trying to tell me that Palace is like the best derby because yeah, of this not. reason right. like I think it's actually a better derby than some people like to say this, but, yes, like, definitely. even still, everyone thinks that their derby is the derby. I saw yeah. Norwich fan saying that Norwich Ipswich is the derby. You know yeah, what I mean? It's exactly. like, come on.
1: It's like, it's like when, it, when it comes to Blackburn, it's like, they've done their thing in the past and stuff like that. And you, you know what? Like, when I say that about, like, you know, I, I'm not saying every Blackburn fan's horrible. Like, you know, there will probably be a fair majority of them that are actually all right. And you could have a, you could sit there and have a conversation between the two. And, you know, there'd be snide little jokes about each club, but you, you, there's not hate there because I, I don't think that that's how, I don't think that's how football should be. Obviously, you know, good, honest rivalries are part of the English football pyramid and they should be protected. These rivalries are a big part of why English football is so good. But it doesn't need to boil over into, like silly things like like the whole you know situation of the tickets it's like it's just silly it's just really silly like just give us a full allocation like it's just weird isn't it like yeah so so to end off this topic bastards if you really want
0: to stop us from with a full allocation charge us 50 quid if you want charge us 100 pound if you want we'll still pay it we'll if... to fill out that to get 7000 clauses in that away and we'll pay it if you charge us a pound, we'll pay whatever you want to see that day, because that'd be a marvelous, marvelous experience. So no, if you amazing. really want to stop us, or to make it hurt for us, sure, give charge you 100, we'll still pay and we we'll still fill it yeah. out. So yeah, that's the end of that one. Um, That's the solution to all the problems. Yeah. So to end it off. The FA Cup in five days time. Aditya the dream. Are you going?
1: No, no, I couldn't manage to get a ticket, but it's all. I, I think I'm working that day anyway. So, can we dream? Yeah, I think, <laughs> we, I think we, I, that's
0: I think the most unconvinced. Yeah, yeah,
1: there like. was no, there was no conviction in what was. No, I, I think when I obviously I don't, I, I can't contradict myself going back over. You know, talking about Hull's results and how we. Come into games, and you know you can be like, "Oh, we drew one-one." When we've played Liverpool, we've beat them in the past. Yeah. The last time we beat City, George Boyd scored like that. That's how. What that, a day that was! It was a. It was unreal to be a part of that. But that's the last time we beat them. I, we played like seven games and conceded thirty-six goals to nil. Like we, <laughs> that's so it's, it's terrible, isn't it? But so, like when when you put it like that. The chances of us beating City is is a lot lower than it would be for any of the other teams in the competition. But the occasion's still there. It's a quarter final of the FA Cup. We're playing as well as we are. Dare to dream. Have a go. See what happens.
0: Dare to dream. I remember I was talking to my brother
1: and he was there for
0: the 3 three back in oh nine. And that was a What's mad time? game. And I was thinking that oh, maybe that could happen again.
1: Yeah, maybe we could have a game like, like that. Niffer. You never know. It was an unreal game to be at that. Even as an even as a nipper, that were unreal.
0: You were know there that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that my brother didn't take me to many games and like away games back in that year period. I think I would have been like 11. Mm. So I get it. He would have wanted to go with, with his mates and not take his little brother. But yeah, yeah. God damn it, Ashley! Come on, sort yourself <laughs> out. Uh, I'm trying to look up here quickly. When was the last time we beat City at the Etihad? Oh, actually, it it wouldn't even been the. It would would have been main road. So, when's the last time we beat City at their own ground? And it dates all the way back to. Do we count the FA Charity Shield?
1: If you want to, yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, not counting that, the last time we beat them in the cup or any sort of league format was 1963. So five, five, two wins
1: dare to dream this is what i'm saying it's it's written in the stars
0: be in 1973 in the fa charter shield 1-0 so if you're going to count any win against sir Matt main road or their ground it would have mm. been all the way back so five uh, well five decades 50 it's years still a long
1: time ago regardless of how you paint it it's still ages ago we beat them on their own turf <sighs>
0: it's going to be I mean, I'm just happy that we can have a, a bit of time period just kind of like rest the players uh, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it I think we will come back and we've got some big games we've got S- S- Sunderland at home then we've got Burrow away and then Sheffield United at home and we can have a big say in terms of the top two fight because you know we're far ahead we're clear we're fine man we're laughing yeah. so we can probably screw over Sheffield and I tonight. Yeah. I, I, would, I would enjoy that I would, I would enjoy that very nice because I keep on seeing 5-2 in my tweets to this day and I'm like bro you lost a rov. Route, like three days afterwards, mm. you got the same points. You got the same uh, points, man. You beat <laughs> us three, five two. Okay, cool. But you yeah, lost a exactly. rod room, so it meant nothing. But I, I
1: still think I think Borough deserve it anyway. Michael Carrick's doing an incredible job. Like you know, they've got the 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 league's leading marksman. They've got good players. He's got them playing good football. It, yeah, good know, football. He deserves the the accolades and automatic promotion in the situation that they were in. I mean, I'm not being funny, but that, you know, that sounds a lot better than a club that, you know, is falling away from what they were.
0: Yeah. It's tough, really, because with Sheffield United, it's kind of like... They remind us of Burnley of old almost, kind of like mm. very physical, structured, reliant on set pieces and big men up top with a few little bits of quality. So, like mm. our version of like Andre Gray is like their their Lehman and Jai, for example, yeah. and they've got Sam Volks when, well, we've got Sam Volks when they've got, you know, uh, McBurney, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, fun yeah, not it. as
0: attractive or exciting, yeah, I guess yeah. you
1: say. Well, there's a fun fact for you Ollie McBurney went to my school. Really, like, he was he was in my school in Leeds when I was in school, and his brother was in my year. Fact of the day: There you go. Boys. I didn't know that.
0: Bloody <laughs> um, crew said in the chat saying, "Remember we beat Chelsea in the cup back in 09. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's "Dead to Dream." Dare to Dream. Speaking of, speaking of "Dead to Dream," remember you that, remember that song that we put out back in like '09, the Dare to Dream" song. Oh, it rings a bell. Like football club oh, yeah. we'll never give up Get down oh, the turf, support the boys make sure that you mix i remember it i remember it so i could probably give you the entire verse and the bridge of it if you want like i remember just that just blasting on my youtube on whatever pc my family had when i was like 10 you know what i mean underrated
1: burnley banger
0: I Honestly, the fact that we've we've completely forgotten about that like that's that's somewhere <laughs> in the archives, deep down somewhere. I remember um, one final question because we could there's a dream for City, right? We do our full prediction for that in the next preview. Um, I believe on Friday. Um, have you ever owned a half and half scarf?
1: Yes. Um,
0: I remember, I remember, I've already got one. Ever? I, I, grab I mine can now. grab mine as well. Okay, let's go show a half and half scarf. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know if. We, oh, there we go.
1: This is a bit weird. Um, also, oh, wait, wait, wait.
0: Um, if, imagine if we both have this. There's a good chance because our age, we could both have the same one.
1: There is absolutely no way.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, no mind. There's. Man's got a good chance.
1: Right, so, you go. Just for to give a, some
0: context. I've, half and half scarves, I think, is completely fine if you're at like a young age and it's like a big game, right? So I get it. If you're like a young kid with half enough half scarf. Fine, feel free. If you like 23, grow up. Okay, simple as that. <laughs> but, but even still, if you like that 20, 25, it's like a big game. Like, if let's say we end up in the FA Cup semi final, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I'm buying a half.
1: I'm buying a half an hour, scarf. I don't care. <laughs> I'm buying a half an hour. scarf. Show yours first. Right. So, mine isn't a Burnley scarf, right? But my dad went to the Super Cup in 2009 or 2010, and he got a Man United and Zenit St. Petersburg what? half and half oh, scarf. Oh, come on.
0: is a Burnley podcast. And you show me a Man United v. FC Zenit Super Cup half and half scarf. The, re-
1: the weird thing about it is I found this yesterday. I don't have a Burnley half and half, but this is the best one I've got.
0: <laughs> I was expecting that, you know, Burnley v. I don't know, like... Little, Liverpool, I don't know, or oh, like a Europa League half and half scarf. I wasn't oh. thinking like Man United beat Zenit. I, in but, 08. I, you said, Have you ever owned
1: a half and half scarf? This is the weirdest like, one I've ever had.
0: I, I, I thought when saying that, I thought it'd be quite obvious that I was anticipating that it'd be a Burnley half and half scarf. I
1: sincerely fairness. apologize for letting you down.
0: <laughs> oh, you really, sh- you let us all down, it, man. Well, mine is, um, when I was 10, of course, it's I've kept it since day one. This one right here, oh, yeah, um, for people that's um on audio it is a um calling cup semi-final tottenham v burnley half and off scarf from audio back in 2009 and i've kept this in prime condition since my cameras died as well because that's just kind of what happens on this podcast but hopefully the the audio's still working um but i've kept this basically with me ever since because i just think it looks pretty cool honestly like i i i appreciate the moments that it gave me Robbie blake all the boys and I still, to this day, am very pissed off by um, a certain Russian striker in Roman povyshenko You ruined my childhood, mate. You're absolute yeah. So, you know, I hope that you, you sleep well at night, mate, knowing that you made me and, like, a thousand Burnley fans cry and ruin their <laughs> childhood at the age of 10. Prick. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, that actually, like, hurt me because I thought that, you know, that'd be like our one time ever to get to Wembley, the new Wembley. So I guess it was really, really lucky that we ended up going there anyway and winning. Like five months later, so it's, anyway. one, of, it's one of those
1: situations where it's like if you ever came like into contact with Roman Pavlyuchenko, he would not think a thing about it. He wouldn't even. I, I bet he sleeps lovely at night, and we would just be all sat there saying, "Yeah, he has no idea. Look what you did. Look what you've done. Look at what you did to my childhood. You made a kid cry." And he's just like, I don't know who you are. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. He's like, why are you shouting at And me? also
0: I don't understand English. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> um I got Johnny Johnny the great in chat saying, look at my measures above to end off. Um saying that he thinks that we'll beat City 2-1 with a colour red car for breaking Harlan's legs. Um if you can win two one with 10 minute Etihad, then I I I don't I, I'll, I'll get I'll give you everything I own at that stage. You know, that'd be incredible. Um don't break Harlan's leg. He's
1: in my fantasy team. So same. same. Yeah. Actually, no, I just
0: took I just took him out actually because um, there's double game week and he's not playing this oh, next yeah, true. week. So true, true. yeah, I, I I'm taking FM way too serious. I will be doing an FM league properly next year because there's no point starting a league now. No. So if you're down for that, then feel free and tweet out me and we get that goal for next year. Sam, absolute pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming on, especially on short notice. Um, true, absolute Great experience talking about the Clarets. And we got Hull in two days' time. Hopefully we're not and we'll be going knows how many points. I think we play Hull away and Sheffield United, they play a decent team too. They play, is that, wow, they play Sunderland away. So game. there's a chance that we can go mm-hmm. into the international break being, what, 16 points clear, top of the league?
1: It'd, it'd be incredible wouldn't it it really would
0: Jesus
1: it's all—it's already incredible but like you almost think like, how can things get better and this team keeps doing it to us I, I'm absolutely loving it I really am
0: and we absolutely should while, while it's still happening yeah. um, Scope Edition City I said 2-0 and Sam you said 3-1 oh no, no. that's Holt three, 3-1 no, three, for Holt City, City is a,
1: is a, is a, is a we a wave it really I mean...
0: City 0-0 win on pens That's go, boys
1: I- I'd take it I'd take it but for-, for me I think a resilient Burnley team we get beat like 4-2
0: I think we'll score first and I think mm. they'll come back in and I think be 2-1 City in my, in my in my head I think we'll score first. I actually think that we can maybe like give, give them a scare. Yeah, Similar to what we did back in I think 2017, 18 that we also played City in the FA Cup we scored mm. first, we won one up at half time and I think we lost 4-1, right? Yeah. So I think it could be something similar then. So yeah, um I'll end it before it keeps going. Sam, thank you, man. Uh, We may get you back on, actually, on Friday as well because I think that you're good to talk to. So love I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on and listening to the podcast. And alongside, if you're on YouTube, then feel free and subscribe. And also drop it a like. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and also give it a nice little follow. And we'll see you very soon. Peace out.